0: We've been over the last few weeks looking at a series called All Things New and I think you'd agree with me that if there's ever a time in history where we need some renewal, it's right now. It's right now. Our, our, our world is ripe for a little bit of hope, a, bit, a little bit of, bit of resurrection hope, which is what we've been talking about in these last few weeks. And the world seems to get worse the longer time goes on. And the problem isn't out there somewhere. The problem is right here. I'm the problem. It's my failure to get into alignment with God and his ways. That is really a sum total of the problem with the world. And I, for one, can't wait to see the reality of all things being made new when I am changed into the likeness of Christ when he appears in a blink of an eye the bible says i will be made whole i will be perfected i'm sitting there going bring it on it can't come quick enough and in the meantime we struggle the bible calls this groaning it says the whole of creation groans in waiting for this resurrection day this day of renewal that's coming and the the cry of creation goes along these lines it's not supposed to be like this it's not supposed to hurt this much it's not supposed to be so confusing I mean I thought if I followed God it would work out like this and sometimes we fail to realize we live in a broken world and we suffer the consequences of that see God started everything right this is what the Bible's meta-narrative is that God started the world in a perfected state but us humans chose to detach ourselves from him. And we've been paying a price ever since and we know that to be true. Our selfishness is the big problem here And but the great Christian hope is that one day soon this is what jesus said i'm coming soon and he said that two thousand years ago so i don't know what that means other than it's got to be soon real 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 soon but but in the mind of god a thousand years is like a day right so so god lives outside of time but soon Jesus will come again and restore all things I I think God might just want to keep us on our tippy toes there in terms of the word soon but whatever the case we can anticipate this great resurrection day and part of that resurrection is the renewal of our physical bodies we have this hope in Christ of a new body a glorified body made new in Jesus now we're going to read about this in a moment in the scriptures I just think that many of us are anticipating this instinctively we we look at our own bodies right now in the mirror and we feel inadequate we feel like there's improvements to be made we feel like yeah bring on the new body you know I can't wait to be a little taller I can't wait to be a little shorter I can't wait for my nose to be a little less pointy my nose is pretty pointy And we have these alterations in our mind of how we could improve our body and we can't wait for these tweaks to occur. I'm not really sure if that's what the Bible means when it talks about a new body. I think primarily it's about us being in a glorified state where the effects of sin no longer taint our being. And it's not as though we're going to shrink a foot or grow a foot or our nose might be a little Bit different in shape. It's it's I think less of that and a little more about what's going on in terms of the effects of sin being taken off our being because that ages us more than anything else. Many theologians say the post-resurrected Jesus is our model, and we're going to read this in a moment of what our resurrected souls would be like. And the thing about the post resurrected Jesus what he looked like when he rose again was he looked still like Jesus people recognized him from what he looked like previously he said come and and touch the, my, my the, the scars in my my hands and my feet like he still had the same physical attributes as what he did before he rose again so I think If we're so preoccupied with our physical appearance changing we might just need to tone down that a little I can't see Paul Smith with us this morning maybe you're online with us Paul but he's not here so I can say what I like no really he said this himself a couple of weeks ago when he stood here about his lack of hair he made reference to it more than once actually so will a Paul Smith have a full head of hair on the other side I really don't know but I don't think we're meant to be preoccupied with that. See there's so many questions we have when it comes to what it will be like on the other side. If I, if I, if I live here on this earth until I'm hundred and one and finally pass away. When I get into the presence of God am I still hundred and one? What does me having a new body mean? Do I return to being 21? Is that the ideal age? I mean there's mystery here we don't know all of the answers to this and I don't think we're supposed to be preoccupied with that. We are excited about the fact that there's going to be a cleansing come over us from the the effects of sin on our life and, and that ought to be the exciting thing rather than the physical changes that may occur. Now if you have a different opinion to me on these things, that's okay. If you're just stuck on being 21 forever, (laughs) dream on, I say, dream on. My generalised thoughts on these matters is when the Bible's quiet, I'll be quiet. When the Bible's loud, I'll be loud. But the Bible's not loud on these types of questions, only to say we can look forward with great anticipation to a new body. A resurrection hope. I have two goals with our time today. For you to walk away with profoundly deep hope. As you think about all things being made new. For you. If you're a Jesus follower. I want you to walk away with your hope meter off the charts. In terms of a new body. A new renewed self. But I also want to bring that back to today. And say in view of this resurrection hope of a new body. How should we then live? How do we practice for that with the way we treat our bodies right now while we wait on God? Because here's the thing about waiting on God and we see this, this phrase come up often in scripture. In fact we seem to spend our whole life waiting on God. But, but in, in scripture waiting on God is never a passive thing, it's always an active thing we always supposed to be going after something. So while we wait the final bodily resurrection with Jesus on the other side, how do we practice that hope now with the way we think about our bodies? I want us to form a theology on this today with two readings. We're going to go to the classic passage in 1 Corinthians 6. First though, I want to bring your attention to Philippians chapter 3. Now if you've got an electronic device, you can find all of these notes in the Version app. I do encourage you to open your Bible read along alternatively, alternatively you can look at the screen behind me Philippians chapter 3 it says this in verse 17 Dear brothers and sisters pattern your lives after mine This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church of Philippi Learn from those who follow our example I've told you often before I say it again with tears in my eyes There are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ They're headed for destruction their God is their appetite or some versions will say belly their God is their belly I wish I had time to tell you about how I was the Echuca pizza eating champion back in the day 23 slices is your target If you would like to make God uh, your belly your God 23 slices Their God is their belly But this is not a good thing Because in verse 19 it goes on to say They brag about shameful things they Only think about their life here on earth But we are citizens of heaven where the lord jesus christ lives and we eagerly wait for him to return as our savior why because he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control and i read on into chapter four because it still is a continuation therefore my dear brothers and sisters stay true to the lord That's what to do as a result of reading all that. Stay true to the Lord. We're going to jump over now to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And from verse 12 it says this in 1 Corinthians 6. You say, I'm allowed to do anything. But not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, and this is the Corinthian cultural mantra... Because they didn't care about their physical bodies Food was made for the stomach and a stomach for food This is true though someday God will do away with both of them But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality They were made for the Lord And the Lord cares about our bodies And God will raise up from the dead by his power Just as he raised our Lord from the dead Don't you realise they didn't? you don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ should a man then take his body which is a part of Christ and join it to a prostitute never don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute he becomes one body with her the two are united into one so this tells us a one night stands enough to form a soul tie this is a serious deal if you've had a fling with someone 10 years ago I'm speaking of a sexual nature that forms a bond a soul tie that needs to be broken in Jesus name this is a big deal that tie goes on if it's not broken verse 17 goes on to say the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him run from sexual sin no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does For sexual immorality is a sin against your body. Don't you realise that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God brought you with a high price. So you must honour God with your body. This is the word of the Lord. May he add his blessing to it today. If you're planning on going to sleep... That's okay. You just got the sent, you got the sermon really in that one sentence that we just finished with the reading. It's all there in that verse, really, that final verse. For God brought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. For those of you who are considering staying awake, we are out to get come up with a theology of how we should think about our physical bodies in view. Of this coming resurrection of Jesus when he's going to restore all things the kingdom theology of our bodies don't ignore them this was the Corinthian problem they had total ignorance that God was interested in their physiology their their actual physical being they thought it had zero relevance to their faith and there was a disconnect between their spiritual life in Jesus as new believers and their dodgy activities that they're up to through the week they didn't realize their physical life and their spiritual life had any connection at all. So there they were, working their way through the local prostitutes and thinking that was okay. They didn't realize God had a problem with it. And this was because the surrounding Greek culture had still stuck in their worldview as new believers. They hadn't actually had a correction yet that they needed to change. And the Greek worldview is that the Spirit was holy. But the body was evil and therefore didn't matter the body got disregarded when you get to heaven you get a new one And so you don't need to worry about that you get a glorified new body so God doesn't care about our bodies and God doesn't even have a physical body himself he is spirit And so he's not really worried at all about what we do with our bodies So this is the worldview of the Corinthian folks Bazza, the lead guitarist in the worship band at Corinth. I picked Bazza because we didn't have a lead guitarist today. Bazza's just pulled an all nighter straight from the brothel with sexy Sarah and come along to play worship today. And tonight he has a booking with Handy Helen back at the brothel and he doesn't see any problem. He's up there singing All the Jesus I Surrender. And an hour after that, he's in the lap of the local prostitute. He doesn't see anything wrong with this. He didn't realise God had a problem. The penny hadn't dropped. In terms of God being interested in the physical realm. In what they do with their bodies. And so Paul has to write to Bazaar and say, hey mate, you can't say your body was made for sexual immorality. This is what your culture might say. But God's not okay with that. Your body was made for the Lord and he cares about it. Well, Bazzis like hold your horses Paul what what did you just say God cares about my body my sexuality I knew he cared about my spirituality I didn't know my physical body had anything to do with that this was shock and horror for these first readers that never joined the dots their faith was compartmentalized God was in this bit and not in this bit and so physically it was a matter of whatever feels good do it Attraction was their God, if you're feeling an urge then meet the urge. I wonder if 2,000 years on we've actually moved very far from this really. Maybe our issue isn't prostitution but maybe we still have disconnects in our face. Let me flip the topic for a minute, I wonder if we've connected our overeating or our screen indulgences or... Addictions and realize that these two are offensive in the mind of God I wonder if we've failed to see a connection between our everyday choices And the presence of the Holy Spirit and how he might be grieved By some of those choices If we invite living Jesus in He comes in And he doesn't just come in on Sunday Or when you're at church he comes in 24-7 and he's a silent witness and although he's a spirit and we don't see him with us He is with us And we ought to take that very very seriously I wonder if we share in some of this ignorance Sayers offers this If it ever occurs to people to honor to value the honor of the mind equally with the honor of the body We shall get a social revolution of a quite unparalleled sort. I think she's right. She's saying we are foolish to disconnect what God calls a whole being spirit, soul, and body are all to be in unity, honoring God. I grew up in a church environment that's kind of amusing to me now, looking back. We were drummed into us a million and one times over hey kids don't smoke cigarettes are, are evil it's not saintly activity to be a smoker and that was okay I can kind of join the dots there and the logic see the logic in terms of well if my body is a temple I should not smoke because to do so would be to dishonor a temple But the same people who are preaching fire and brimstone on smoking are there drinking two litres of sugary soft drinks and I'm sort of seeing some hypocrisy and going how come God would have such a problem with smoking and yet he's winking at you down in two litres of sugary drink wouldn't the same principle apply there and there? If that's dishonoring the body, isn't that dishonoring the body as well? Now, I wasn't very good at compliance, and at 14, I lit up my first smoke and choked for the rest of the day. I was a one hit wonder. Don't do it, kids. It's not a good idea. The point is, we've got to be consistent, we've got to take a holistic view of these things. Don't let us be ignorant. When we take Jesus as our Lord, the Holy Spirit does take up residence in our body. And he is, he is present in every single decision we make throughout a given week. So don't ignore your body. This was the appropriate correction for the Corinthian church. I wonder though for the modern Australian church, if the Holy Spirit were writing a letter to us today, Dear Axis, or Dear North Lakes, or Dear Queensland... I wonder if our correction from the Lord would not so much be about ignoring our bodies but maybe idolizing our bodies Maybe this is more of an issue for us Don't ignore your body but don't idolize your body either Let me digress real quick to make a point Often when we read scripture we just read it on a very surface level Dare I say shallow level We never get underneath the text we never really ask what's the heart of God that's being communicated here sometimes we just kind of read the literal words and want to take it literally and I I love that I mean it's to be admired but sometimes we've got to get underneath the text and ask what's the meaning what's being addressed and if we only just read the literal words we miss that it was written not only to a particular people at a particular time and addressing a particular issue and here's the thing here we could for example read write a letter under the direction of the holy spirit and say dear mike start playing more golf (laughs) why because mike is such a dedicated fellow he never takes a day off He's devoted to his family he's devoted to his job he's devoted to his church and he's just 24 7 like a workaholic almost so the word of the lord to mike might be dear mike play more golf And we read that don't you husbands you read that and you go honey i found a verse i found a verse This is what we do when we prove text scripture, we we, we rip a verse out of context and we go, I found permission, I found permission to do what I want. But, if we understand that scripture was written to a particular person in a particular place to address a particular issue, we go, I wonder what that's really communicating. Because you might also have a letter over here, not to Mike, but to Matt, that says, dear Matt play less golf why because the last six out of seven days matt's been on the golf course ignoring his commitments at work ignoring his family duties never volunteering at church and so the word of the lord to matt is not play more golf play less golf and then we come along and read the scriptures and we go man this book is confusing i mean there's contradictions in here. This page says start playing more golf. And I turn over here. Play less golf. And We haven't ever got underneath the text. and says what's really going on? What's being addressed? Sometimes reading the Bible just literally word for word doesn't give us that. We've got to go deeper. Coming back to Corinth versus Australia they needed to hear they needed to hear a message about not ignoring our bodies do we need to hear a message about not idolizing ours have we got the opposite problem go to any local gym you won't have to search hard to find someone doing their whoa look at me staring in the mirror now somebody come up to, me, up to me after church last night and said, you've got to use the mirror for your form. I get it. I get it. But does that, does that explain the twinkle in their eye why they do it? <laughs> look at me. Culturally, idolising could be more a problem than ignorance. So as we look at the board, we probably fall one way or the other here. We're probably in the category of undervaluing the importance of our physical well-being, or overstating the importance of our physical well-being and making it too big a focus and neither are helpful. We're not supposed to live in ignorance, but neither are we meant to let our bodies take on a godlike status where we just meet every physical urge we ever feel. Now our body does not dictate. It's not supposed to. A few pages on from what we've just read in Corinthians, Paul writes write this in the same letter, chapter 9. I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection to Christ. Suggesting you need to do that. You need to do that. You don't let your body run the show. You discipline your body. You bring it into subjection to Christ. If we don't get a right outlook here and we only have one side of this coin, we end up idolising Our body we end up prettying ourselves up in the mirror for hours a day or bulking ourselves up or covering a wrinkle or covering a pimple or trying on 25 outfits before we choose one because we've got to show our best side are we idolizing our body is it about the t-shirt we wear is it about the brand in the corner of the shirt all these things reveal that we got out of sync with the Lord We're not supposed to be preoccupied with these things Jesus said unbelievers run after these things the clothing and the outward appearance But you that's not fitting for someone who has a father that cares about all of these things We're in a society that emphasizes the outward appearance It's all about the house we live in or the car we drive The clothes we wear But yet God's saying focus less on clothing, focus a little bit more on character. A person with a hope of resurrection who's preparing for that now, knowing Christ will make all things new, doesn't ignore their body but doesn't idolise them either. Rather they steward them, they steward their health. It works to say improve their physical health well-being a kingdom theology of our physical bodies don't ignore them don't idolize them do improve them you say oh, isn't stewarding a better word well us preachers are weird creatures we 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 think that if we use the letters that all start with the same use words that all start with the same letter rather you'll remember it better (laughs) I know foolish thought however we try we try but really, I, I, I didn't just want to put Stuart because I, I want it to kind of punch you in the face a little today in terms of be striking to you about going away from this place with a determination to improve your physical health. Now, I anticipate pushback at this point in time. You say, Jono, you're speaking from the point of view of someone being much younger than me well maybe or Johnny you're speaking from the point of view of someone who's never had to deal with a with a with a terminal disease or a serious health issue yes i am and i don't pretend to understand those things but i just think that the doctor's word shouldn't be the loudest word I'm not saying ignore medical opinions or or just don't go to doctors anymore don't take your medication I'm not saying any of those things I'm just naive enough to believe we have a big God who's big enough to overcome whatever it is that we are facing someone else will say John when you get to my age you won't be talking about improving your health give me a break well I just wonder if we could begin to grow in perspective of the God of miracles that we serve and worship and the question is what adjustments do we need to make to our thinking to our lifestyle in view of our final healing that is coming in the meantime what is our part as we honor God with our bodies what does it mean to see our physical bodies as a temple of the Holy Spirit My sense is this, if I do live to 70, 80, 90, 100 Only this, I'm only competing with myself This isn't a a comparison to anyone else and how fit they are or how they are going If I manage to live to 100 Now I'm not trying to sound silly or impractical here I'm not anticipating running marathons at that point in time Not even doing that now What I do anticipate is being a better version of Jono At 100 then if I didn't have this hope of resurrection if I didn't have this belief that the Holy Spirit is alive in me and he is renewing me if I didn't have that hope surely I'd be worse off than if I did have it that if I didn't have this this perspective that the Holy Spirit lives right here alive in me surely that changes everything So how do I commit to stewarding my health? Well, ignore no, idolize no, commit to health resounding yes. What does that look like? We steward our body through our habits. I think sometimes we're careless, we dishonor the temple, we eat rubbish for seven days straight and feel lousy, develop a cold or whatever it is. And then, oh Lord, heal me, Lord, heal me. It's like... (laughs) Isn't that just a consequence of the choice? God isn't into blessing 12 minute consumption of a 12 pack of donuts. Sad, isn't it? God isn't into blessing a, a, a one sitting downing of a family block of Cadbury. Uh, I'm, I'm really sad about this. It's time for a collective sigh. But the point is what is it within our power? What changes can we make that would illustrate that we are a people honoring God with our bodies? At the beginning of my leadership journey 10 years ago, when I began leading churches, I was challenged about giving God my best physically, bringing to the calling the best version of me. And I've sought to do that. And by the grace of God, in 10 years in the job, I've had one sick day. When I had a tooth out I wasn't fit to work but in 10 years God has blessed me with the gift of good health and I don't say that with any arrogance because I know it's a gift it is a gift and I'm not trying to sound grand and mighty here actually the tweaks I've made along the way are small. Small and specific, just one minor change each year that I normally commit to. But our life is a sum total of our choices and put 10 and 20 good ones together and it becomes a life-changing thing. So what small choice could you make, small change could you make today that would be a reflection of you honouring God with your body? Maybe for some of us it's uh, beginning a vitamin regime. Taking vitamins regularly, maybe it's drinking the recommended amount of water Maybe it's starting to have breakfast, I'm just talking simple, practical things This is not advice from a personal trainer, this is us together saying we're taking seriously This idea that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, are we drinking the right amount of water? Are we exercising regularly? Are we getting to bed at the right time? Are we getting off our screens at a certain time? Someone else's radical change might be cutting back their ice cream intake. That's not me by the way. I've got that one in the diary for 2031. (laughs) But what does it look like to honour God with our bodies? What does it look like? I'm not interested in dictating your small choices Don't feel awkward around me, you know, I better not take sugar in my coffee because Jono's watching (laughs) You're not answerable to me You're not answerable to me, this is a you and God thing Just what changes will you make that show you are honouring God with your body? And this is not a New Year's resolution thing What are they anyway? They never work. This is a kingdom stewardship thing and therefore start today. Change some things before the end of this year because you commit to honouring God with your body. And we read in the Old Testament the elaborate lengths to which people went to beautify the temple of the Lord. Shouldn't we go to the same lengths to take care? of the temple of the Lord now which is us and we do this in our everyday choices so as Wendy comes back up and we transition in a few moments time towards communion I'm just going to give you a whole heap of practical reflections today I just invite you to bow your head as I bring these to you it'll be a few minutes yet before we get to communion we're going to finish today a little differently I just want to break this down to very 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 practical steps what does it look like for us to honor god with our body i just give you several subject areas to think through like sexuality like in your diet what you're putting into your body like your exercise so i'll just lead you through some reflections as we just allow the holy spirit to speak to us and maybe convict us, maybe encourage us, maybe affirm us, but remind us what it looks like to honour God with our bodies. So firstly, with your physical work, are you someone putting in a hard day's labour? Now I know this varies upon our age and stage of life, some have paying jobs, others have retired, Some people aren't even of a working age yet, where they can have the job. That's not the point. Application is the point. Am I an honest worker? Am I someone who's giving 100% to God in terms of the effort? Am I a person who's always abounding in the work of the Lord? And if I'm not, then it's simple. We repent, we turn around, we commit ourselves again to the Lord. And we honour God with our bodies, including our work. We give our best to Him, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I wonder how you're going with sleep. Do you get the right amount? Say, John, I've slept for the last half hour, it's been great. (laughs) Are you getting the right amount of rest in a given week? If not, why not? What's stopping you? Is there a conflict to resolve? Is there physical pain that's there? What can be done? Have you sought prayer in those issues? what routines would help you sleep do you need to get off screens there may be times god wants to use your sleeplessness to serve him by being in prayer let the holy spirit speak to you right now about your patterns of rest how can you steward your body better to glorify god How does what you put into your body, in terms of diet, reflect your belief that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Are you giving your body the right fuel to thrive and be in good health? What what adjustments do you need to make? I'm getting real practical here. Is it more fruit and vegetables? Is it less junk food? Is your water intake okay? This is all about us taking seriously this command to honor God with our bodies. That's what we're doing. That's what we're committing to today. We are spirit, soul, and body. And we bring all of that to God today. How are you going with your your diet? What changes do you need to make? Let the Lord speak to your life. This past week, I listened to a podcast talking about exercise and how our bodies need five hours a week, minimum. And in particular, what I liked about this podcast is it just was talking about the value of getting out in the sunshine. It's a depression relief just to get out in fresh air and walk. And so many of our working patterns today rage against our health. We're, we're stuck at computers. We're stagnant and maybe one of the most godly things we could do in the coming week is just get outside and walk i wonder how many of us would benefit from more exercise lord we commit to honoring you with our bodies in this way i wonder how you're going disciplining your body I quoted the words of Paul to you today where he said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection to obey Christ. How are you going disciplining your body? Self-control, growing in restraint. When's the last time we practiced fasting? We're so desperate for God's presence we went without some meals. I know some people can't because of the medication they're on or because of their physical Condition, but what disciplines could you adopt that show your commitment to God, that reveal a deep desire to honour Him in this way? What about in our sexuality? Are we honouring God in this area? The Corinthian church weren't. They had no idea that God cared about their sexuality are we a people that are sexually pure I'm not only speaking about single people right now I'm speaking about all ages and sometimes what we take in on our screen just say John I've never had an affair but are you watching them on a screen that still applies this control that we need over our sexuality will be a work of the Holy Spirit The fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control, one of the fruits. Lord, today we ask for greater purity. Help us honour you with our bodies in this way. This final one I want to draw your attention to is a way bigger topic because our time has gone. I just have time only to mention it. The Sabbath principle. How are you going with this principle of detachment, resting, giving attention to God? What what role would Sabbath play in my physical well-being and honouring God with my body? ask the Lord to show you what that looks like. Lord, we thank you for speaking to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We invite you to continue to speak to us for the remainder of this day, for the rest of this week. Lord, show us what it looks like to honour you with our physical bodies. As we think about what our Lord did for us on the cross, we're not changing subjects as we move it towards communion. It's a continuation on of exactly where we've been. Jesus laid down his body for our salvation. Great is the mystery of our faith that, that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, that Jesus rose again. And by our, us putting our trust in that, it, it, it's in our healing. It's found right there. And scripture says, by his stripes we are healed. And so in the quietness of this moment before we take communion, I encourage you by faith just to say, Lord, I receive your healing. I'm aware in a room of this size there's some serious medical conditions but none of them are unknown to God. He cares about us each individually and he's willing to touch us, bring breakthroughs, bring healing, bring change. Why don't you just stretch out your hand, stretch out your heart before him today and say Lord I receive your healing. I receive that what you did at the cross all those years ago makes a difference for me here and now. This isn't about us hyping up enough faith to be healed. This is about a God who loves us so much that he cares about that thing. That is a struggle in your life today. So bring it to him and lay your burden down. Jesus invites us to share in a meal that symbolizes our healing and our intimacy with him. And today we get to eat the bread representing his body and drink together a cup representing his blood. Please, please have them in hand now as we move into communion.